he didn't get to have his opinions. Ooh. Yeah. Well, then I, nobody I wish people didn't sometimes, but you know, here we are. So, speaking of opinions, boy, howdy, are we going to get in trouble for that? So, Yay! Shitting on other people's what? theories. Yeah. It's really yeah. fun. Which, which I would just like to say, it. Other than our palpable disgust, it's mostly done in good fun, right? So pure disgust for me. We're like we're too I'm close to starting. I'm already mad at the director, and I was going to try and get it out in the pre-show, but I decided it was going to be way better to be live yeah. for that. So you know, like suddenly we've come live. Otherwise, I had a I story didn't from start the, reading this list uh, just because I wanted to be fresh, angry. Oh yeah, you. I mean, all you got to do is get to the second like grayed out bullet point or whatever, you yeah. know, be like so, Mac is Rashid's retired predecessor. It's like you, some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. I got you started. You, you can have the rest of them, but. <laughs> it's all about timing when you're going to use that one. Must so, be at the perfect moment. We're right. going back to TV tropes because that was too much fun just to be able to see your faces and pain of all these dumb ideas. So going to continue that and looking at the character page of the wild mass guesses and i'm going to start from backwards forwards we're starting with all of the mortals or random people and then build our way up to harry and the first mortal apparently on the list is mac yay and the first bullet point is he's not mortal (laughs) yeah why not yeah i I like that i like that a sub point is mac is uriel which I mean is ridiculous. But it's still close. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, like, I like I like how specific the prediction is. We will specifically find out when he's asked to store a man where he is, and he will make a vague comment. Like that's specifically when we will learn it. Mm-hmm. Listen, yeah, if you're I, gonna shoot your shot, you might as well just go ball. You might as well just be like that. That's where it happens. <laughs> that's cheating, though, right? Like if I'm a time traveler and I come back to TV tropes and like post wild guesses and like cheat like how fucking specific do you gotta be like max gonna store amarakius he's gonna be like oh it's just the same weight as i remember like what what would be his comment and like, well it doesn't really help with the merlin happen? thing since you know he's an angel so <laughs> they've used it for the wrong thing anyway yeah. well merlin was an angel he could be too right famous. that's true yes wait, how many mantles is mac wearing 68 so. almost yeah. as many as rashid odin that's what we should do. That's our next topic. All right, we're gonna we're gonna rank characters in the Dresden Files by how many mantles that they've worn. Right, I'm like, gonna be sick all, of that. Eleven team popped collars. It's the perfect winter fall, you know, discussion group. It's know? the it's the meme of Joey from Friends. <laughs> Could I be wearing any more mantles? <laughs> I mean, I, I like I like how the, the there's some EG and TV tropes. Which just makes a bullet point below this tro- this theory, and it's like dot 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> right. But they don't stick to anything reasonable because that person goes on to say, "Well, Celtic mythology suggests that Mac is the minor god at Caspel." I have no idea if I'm saying that right. I mean that that that, that one holds more water than he is the original Merlin. There's more references and possible hints that he could have been that than Merlin. Yes. Apart from the word of Jim that said he's not a god or a scion of the gods, but yes, yes. Right. At least I can see People how you. When they care about that. I can see how you could arrive at something like that by what happens and what is said in the story and like who he is. Yeah, it's also I think a lot of people are looking for a more concrete Celtic because th- we've had the hints of things, but nothing's really ever been apart from the Tuatha and the, as far as the main characters go, it's never been one hundred percent confirmed. 
really. So Mavin people Titania are just kind of looking enough. for that. Hmm? Mav and Titania don't count enough? Well, but again, it's not like you don't have the specific name of the thing that they are, and it's still mostly wrapped up in the fairy stuff. People want the concrete, you know, is she the Morigen? Is she this, you know? I mean, it's there, but it's not. <laughs> it's not written out in large enough letters for them. Okay. So the person who agrees with this idea that it could be Merlin is like, yes, he could well be Merlin because McAnally says wood paneling in the midst of Merlin has him being embalmed in a, a living tree. <laughs> Staying close to Demon Reach might also be a good plan because he's a watcher, so that's worth watching. Listen. Also, the number 13 in the pub reflects the 12 knights of the round table plus Arthur himself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, people don't build houses out of wood unless they are ancient wizards. Right. Not what <laughs> I, mean, I mean, too, an ancient powerful being that was entombed in a tree. <laughs> I mean, people just really reach sometimes when they get an idea. It's like, okay, so I like this idea. How do I make it happen? Yes. That's the problem, though, right? Like, they they go, and it's it's cognitive dissonance, right? And, and co your cognitive biases are real playing here. So, like, that's where getting into some of this can be fun from, like, the, you know, uh, armchair psychologist point of view, too, because it's like, holy crap, leaps of logic. Like, they don't realize they're making it because they're in that stream of consciousness. But when you take a step back and you look elsewhere, you're like, holy cow, did you go to town trying to justify that? Which is why, like, one of our golden rules and what we try to do is freaking source it in the material, man. Like, if it doesn't have a shred, like, if there isn't a single word in the works that supports your theory, that's a wild-ass guess, right? <laughs> like, you... Like, at what point, if from any of the material and any of the 24 words that Mac has said in 15 books, has he given you the idea that he is some ancient being that's entombed in a tree? What? Yeah, yeah but like, not to mention McAnally's half underground, right? So he's in a root cellar, if anything, not the tree. You know, I just, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think that's a very, I think you're making, and that's a valid way to, like, uh, how to approach it. Like, that's how we do it. Uh, if you were to say that to a person who, for example, thinks uh, the number 13 in his pup reflects the 12 knights and Arthur himself, like he would he would then argue probably, you know, it is reflected in the text. It's right here. It's, it's 13 pillars that clearly reflects the, the knights <laughs> right. of the round table, 12 people plus Arthur. Can't you see it? Don't you see that makes perfect sense? Was there actually a number on the knights of the round table? Because I thought it would either change drastically or was never really specified. It's, you know, it's f like knights of the round table is folklore, so I'm pretty sure it varies <laughs> drastically. There are yeah. several dozen named at some point. There's like, I think maybe 10 to 13 of the ones that are generally always there your galahads your lancelots your so on and so forth but there's like 42 knights that have been named as part of that at some right. point in time a lot of knights are considered to be the same person but yes. different names so it's you know it's hard if you want i guess the most it consistent is like there are yeah it's not, a lot of people are at least under the impression that it's 12 so it's like of the round table, right? You know, they, they might be like his core retinue or something. But like Andreas said, when, when we went and researched Arthur lore, like it, it literally flips back and forth at times, right? Like how many times, that's why it's hard to be like, oh, is Mab so-and-so and, and this person's that person? Because at different points in the story, like at different centuries, that person is completely fucking different 
even though it's the same name and they basically do the same things. But sometimes they're Arthur's daughter. Sometimes they're his lover, his sister. I mean, shit, it's the 400s. Like, it, she could have been his mother, daughter, lover, sister. Like, who knows? But uh, she's my sister, to... my daughter, my sister, my daughter. And then yeah. you have to account That's... for whatever spin Jim is going to put on it because mm, stuff because is he's so just yeah. uh, it's in his style to put some spin. Yeah, on no, it. it's in his. He would. It's, it's oh, what good. he would do. So uh, Wikipedia said it does list the 12 knights, but then here's a list of other knights mentioned being knights of the round table. And then it can range anywhere from 12 to 150. So, I mean, I think, I think Jim, Jim would play both sides, right? Like 12 plus Arthur is a really nice magical number. Cause we've seen that a couple of times, but then he's going to be realistic and be like, but there were actually like 150, but imagine having a giant ass round table sitting 150 knights like those weren't the knights of the round table per se. They were Arthur's knights or whatever, you know. Just doesn't so. sound as good. Yeah. And then the Winchester round table shows 25 knights. I don't know why that's significant, but that's there too. So but anyway. We're not gonna get bogged down on this one one thing. <laughs> yeah. That would totally not be something we do. Right. <laughs> The, the next thing, as Justin said earlier, is the Mac is Rashid's retired predecessor. And I don't know what the fuck they mean by that. They say, like, because that he who walks before recognized Mac and then dismissed him, therefore he has to have been important, and that means he was the previous gatekeeper. And that is because Mac hasn't aged, therefore he has a wizard's lifespan, but he doesn't cast <laughs> but, any spells. But, but I could just see him age. setting his powers aside. I mean, sure, they maintain vitality, and generally at some point when they get pretty old, they kind of stop in the books, like Ebenezer, Ancient Mai, etc. They get, but they look, Mac is like kind of ageless, like he looks like he could be from 30 to 60, right? Fifty, but Yeah, I mean, sure, in the same way that like Patrick Stewart was when he was captain of the Enterprise, but like... Or Asian women of a certain... Yeah. Major. Yeah, I mean, sure, whatever. I was going for like the bald white guy, but you know, okay. But like, so we already know again from the works that Rashid is like stupid old for what he should be, and we already know what a wizard's lifespan relatively looks like, right? So that's yeah. the thing where it's like again, you're just you're cherry picking shit that he's really old, so he must be a wizard, but he's probably mm. also a Celtic God, but he's also, you know, whatever. Well, this we is different from, theories from different people, right? I know. I know. We, we know from word of Jim though, that Rashid fought Al Al Hazred, the mad Arab, right. Who wrote the Necronomicon. And we know from that lore, at least though it hasn't been recanonized for Dresden files when that was supposed to happen. Right. That was way longer ago than a wizard's lifespan. So the fact that this guy would be older than that, like unless you're implying that Rashid went back in time to go kick this guy's ass because there weren't any contemporary wizards to handle it for some reason, it had to be Rashid. Like unless that's the crazy ass theory you're going for, like no, we're like Rashid. He, Rashid was the last chosen one, right? And he kind of yeah, cheats with this job that he has now. Like he he gets to go and cheat. How much time is actually passes for him versus? Everyone else must be kind of jarring for him. Goes to the wall for a week, comes back. Oh, it's been ten years. Ah, oh, fuck. Math well, wizard. He lives in magic. You know, that's part of the job. But I would imagine. What's this new iPod thing? I, Damn, why I can't think, I touch it? 
<laughs> yeah, right. I think the flip side of that is, you know, like we've, we've nonchalantly suggested that Rashid is probably spending like a lot of his time on the wall and that, you know, the wall probably is basically like a pocket of no time, right? So like he's not really aging while he's there. But what just occurred to me, though, is like, so he's aged real life human centuries in that amount of time. So he's seen centuries of the outsiders trying to breach the gates and that kind of warfare. Like, you know, a, a Shoggoth in the original lore and that sort of thing is the sort of thing that would like drive you crazy just by looking at it. His job is to look at that shit every second of every day as the gatekeeper for us for a thousand years. <laughs> like, holy crap. You know, like, wow. Like, even if even if he's got protective magic and everything like that, which he almost certainly does, like just watching like millions, if not billions of, you know, you know, uh, winter court Fae just getting eaten over and over again by Shoggoths and whatever other crazy things like, yeah, that just occurred to me. Like, that's a thing you can infer from the text. That's not a leap, but, you know. I'm not going to bang that drum anymore this episode, <laughs> but it's a, it's cool. Mac is older than that. So, well, I mean, he is just mind. not for the reason they think. Right. I well, and, and I mean, yeah, if you want to twist it, Mac was Rashid's predecessor, not his direct predecessor, but it's possible that Mac and Uriel and everybody else was, you know, they fought outsiders, right? Somebody had to cast them out. <laughs> so, you know, they're, Talk about the war in heaven. There's an ancient, more ancient and more difficult war that the angels had to fight before that. How do you think they got so good at it? You know, like I, that's, that's the sort of thing. Like that, those are some fun stories for me for whatever reason, like the whole, you know, war between angels and devils. And then now, you know, with outsiders as well, like just imagine what that would look like. Right. You know, it just craziness. Well, yeah, there's a word of Jim that basically <laughs> The conflict with Lucifer is more of a philosophical one than anything else because he's not even close to the biggest problem as far as the <laughs> white god is concerned. Okay, next stupid idea. Matt Yay. is he who walks beside. Yes, we, we can we confidently that say next. that that one is wrong. Oh, we can confidently say they're all wrong, or at least I, yeah, I mean. But how, which mantle is this? Is this like his 53rd mantle? Or? The, the thing that I compels me to bring it up is just how, how stupid it is. Just because that he who walks before recognized him, therefore he must have been he who walks beside that had uh, betrayed them. <laughs> I, I, but have we ever seen them in the same place at the same time, director? Yes. Isn't that the justification yes. for Rashid and, and Odin? <laughs> yes. And if we ever see them in the same place in the same time. Okay. I skipped Jim, that to the next Jim, can one. You get on and that? It's, like, it's annoying me even more. Oh, oh, I'm sure this one was making me so happy. Mac is Mab's son, and my god, Butcher is just twisted enough to do that too. Yeah, just that rationale. Just yes. That justifies everything. It's it's a butcher's style. He's so twisted. It would be yeah. so funny. It's what well, the next one's do. a long one, damn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well the next one's just like fucking oh, we're just doing supernatural. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Mac yeah. is God. That's more plausible than some of the other ones here. Again, like at least it's within a ballpark, right? So, pretty big ballpark. I mean, he was a Celtic god. Is it really a stretch that he's the white god? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just what the author would do. So, I mean, what wouldn't he do except what he wouldn't do when he would do it? 
<laughs> Dear Lord, it's so obvious now. He runs a bar. Alcohol equals spirits. And his beer is just about godly. Stealth pun. Really? Yeah. Right. It's not that he not that he's an ectomancer because we're talking about spirits. No. <laughs> but no, he's godly. gotta be God. Like that's cool. I mean, if you like your drink, that's really cool. But like, yeah, like every barkeeper now is God because you know only it, well, be, it depends on how drunk you are and what you're talking about with them. Right. It would be it would just be late like like EG kind of said. It was kinda it was kinda fun. And kind of exciting in the season in season five of Supernatural when that was kind of, when that was the thing, and when it was supposed to be the end, and when that was supposed to be the end. But I don't really, I don't love it if that happened and if that was in the Dresden Files. Right. So they do oh. have the okay. pretty um, on the point thing of like he's probably a Gregory, as mm-hmm. we pretty confidently think now. But then below that, Mac is Lucifer or could be Lucifer. Yeah, man. Because Lucifer hasn't been seen yet, and therefore, why not? I mean, right. it's yeah. just what Jim. He did. has exerted thought, power, though. Like, like we've seen him do something. I thought Mister was Lucifer, but that's fine. So, well, no, Mister is obviously Anubis because he's a cat. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, no, Anubis is a jackal, which is the cat one. There's it's a cat agent. Fast, <laughs> maybe it's best. There's a couple I mean, of others. Segment, right? Yeah, well, it's adjacent. Actually, no, that would make him a moth then, because it's a big black cat. That's what Bast is, if it's a panther. I don't think she's a panther, but I don't remember, honestly. Um, Mac was once an outsider. Yeah. And I was a bartender. No. That, that, only, only, that only works if the white god and the angels were his version of outsiders, and they just stayed inside because they were good for some reason. Right. The, the whole point of the outsiders is that they are so alien and so not mm-hmm. like it wouldn't make any sense for an outsider. Like if there's an outsider, almost as if they had like twenty four wings and fifty six eyes. And right, that's the thing with biblical angels direction. is they basically are fucking Lovecraftian <laughs> nightmares. Right, they're just you know nice about it because they tell you don't be afraid as opposed to the other thing which hisses yeah, at you and eats like- you. It's always a good sign when a messenger from God shows up and the first things out of his mouth are, be not afraid. I'm like, oh, well, thanks for saying that because that really set me back. Listen, like, the other I one, almost freaked out there, but you, you got me. The other one's just going to you know, hiss and eat you with its tentacle face. So, I mean, we, of the two yeah, options. Yeah, you can tell when they're an actual outsider because the their first words are either gibbering nonsense or be afraid, you know, as opposed to the be not afraid. Isn't really it supposed to be not afraid? afraid? Bitch, I said what I said. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't like this theory. This ba- like, oh, uh, that could be the title of this episode. <laughs> I don't like this theory. I But, you know, that's the same reason I actually don't like the walkers like, that much is that I think these Lovecraftian outside realms. Thing, like, as soon as we, the, the the walkers are too relatable. They're too understandable. In a way like they, they, even like Harry conversing with them. The whole point of Lovecraftian beings is that they're supposed to be outside the realm of who they what they are. They're supposed to be completely alien to how we think. Yeah, but the problem with that is writing that is like, well, then you it's like you're trying to envision a color that doesn't exist. How do you do it? So you've yeah, got, you, you're always going to be a fan of Lovecraftian to, stuff in general. I mean, I guess you can get away with it because they're most we only see them here on Earth, so they're playing by reality rules, so they get grounded. 
which is enough of an in-world reason. They still reason. quip and talk and... Well, yeah, but that's also because everybody fucking quips and talks in this... I mean, if you're not quipping and talking, you're either extraordinarily dangerous or you're not a character. Or dead. Even or, the dead people. No, the dead... The dead, yeah. the dead quip all the time. I'm, I'm pretty sure Sir Stewart was, like, colonially quipping at times. You're big. You're a big Lovecraftian guy, Justin. Isn't it like weird to you? The whole like that the outsiders, yeah, that they're kind of almost too relatable. Like, like the walkers are actually, you know, they're they're characters, which I guess is, it's a good thing for a story. But it's a little yeah. weird to the concept of what Lovecraftian lore and beings are. Sure, but I mean, like. The, the whole idea that the outsiders are waging, you know, some kind of war and that sort of thing is weird anyway. But, like, depending depending on which stories you're reading, like, it's not like just because you're in a Lovecraft story and you're a Lovecraftian horror. Like, not everything is incomprehensible, right? Like, certainly there are things that they hadn't figured out. Like, for example, you got the Mego, right? The, they come to mind. The Mego are these crazy-ass flying bug things that steal people's brains to, like, power their technology and whatever. That's all horrific, and that's all whatever, but they do clearly have some kind of plan. We just don't understand what it is all they're doing, right? But I, you know, if I were to think about it, I think right now I'd start with where EG is, where it's just like they're on the inside. They're trying to work with mortals, so they do have to be a little comprehensible, right? They, they can't just drive everybody mad simply by being there. Otherwise, they can't achieve their goals, right? Um, and the whole idea of like Harbinger being on the inside of whatever, like that, that I mean, that's basically what the word is, right? But it's also like a, a very well established trope through, you know, like you even see it in Mass Effect, for example, right? Harbinger is one of the uh, one of the early uh, Reapers that you got to deal with and that sort of thing. Um, they basically pave the way for the invasion. And so the fact that he's inside, he's working with mortal agents, you know, like they have cultists, right? Um, so, you know, like it all kind of ties down there, but it just, it depends, you know, the Shoggoths are the ones that are like, you know, even the Shoggoths, like if you take us a, a step back and try and shield your brain a little bit, like in the original lore, they were more, uh, janitors and like engineers. And then they, they developed a little bit of consciousness and, and rebelled right in, in the like mountains of madness. I think it, that's all kind of implied there. So you know, like you have that sort of thing. So it's like they are crazy gibbering masses of monsters and whatever. But, you know, like you can kind of get through. Whereas like, you know, Cthulhu and whatever, he's just going to roll over in his sleep and crush you. That's his incomprehensibleness. You know, like, I don't know. We could we could go for a while. I could go for a while. I get paid a quarter per word. So, you know. <laughs> Not by me. <laughs> Not by nobody, but it's a fun <laughs> joke. So. Uh, see, Colin Murphy didn't commit suicide because oh, we're why skipping over. Yeah, we'll, we'll just skip over the the chief is Murphy's dad yet because obviously he was fucking confirmed. Right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I Colin, know they were like, but if I read like three more chapters of the book, there it is. Like, so why did you go to the internet to write this before so, you finished the book? Like, <laughs> the timestamp probably would reveal that this was probably before Ghost Story fully came out. Right. But. It should have at least been moved or cleaned up or something to the point like yes, this was confirmed or whatever. It does say confirmed. It does say confirmed. Yeah, but they have a yeah. different section usually for with where the confirmed things go. Yeah. Okay. But right. So it says uh, 
Colin Murphy probably based like doing his good job of everything probably got some uh, bad attention by a house gavis person or something of the like that got him to commit suicide, but it wasn't really his fault. And then it says it's confirmed at least partially by word of Jim. I don't know of this word of Jim. Does this exist? Mm. I don't remember if that was about him or about Malcolm. Because I'm pretty sure there's one that says it wasn't. Uh, uh, well, Malcolm's the easy one because you get that tidbit in the second book where, you know, the unnatural deaths of his parents. Uh, yeah, that's just yeah hanging, I think, I think there actually is one that says it wasn't. Like purely a suicide. Right. Interesting. I hope that comes back then. All right. Kincaid is Dracul's grandson because that's the full argument. Because <laughs> subpoint. Because <Right>. yeah. <laughs> like counterpoint. No. Just so we're clear, everybody, this is how arguments are formed, <laughs> defended, and won is that you say something fucking crazy and then you just say because yeah not right. not because not because it'd be cool not because i like it not because it's supported by the works hell no for that right but isn't, just because i thought isn't it. isn't that the meme now you know uh, states kincaid as dracul's grandson refuses to elaborate leaves that's, <laughs> right you that's, know. that's what it is so, I mean, there's it's a small argument going on about like, because, well, that's a pretty poor argument on itself, but like Margaret is the t daughter of Titania. That makes sense, what? especially with our lying creator. But that doesn't mean that Kincaid is Dracul's grandson as well. The thing, the thing how do you, that gets how do you... me about, no, 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 no. The thing that gets me about these little arguments is that it, like this, this statement is again, outside of context of anything we could connect with, like these two guys have been having an argument somewhere else on the internet and brought it here to have it codified in the Wikipedia of TV tropes, right? Be like, well, obviously Margaret is Titania. We all agree on that. Who's we? And where did you have that conversation? Like, <laughs> Sorry. That was the, yeah. that was the thing I took away from that. Like, you know, we've got our their director is like, you know, Rashid is Odin. As far as I know, thank God, she's the only person on the planet that actually thinks that's a thing. Right. But that's like she goes onto the subreddit. And it was like, well, as we discussed in our prior meeting, like, ooh, you and the mouse in your pocket. Like, where are you? Per my previous email. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, there's a, a sub thing on the Dracul. It's uh Kincaid's grandfather it's like no 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 Kincaid is Dracul's son not grandson because mm -hmm. what does it ever say that Dracula was his only son and uh, yeah, I love shit like that yeah well he never said he only had one kid oh okay great right. Kincaid is the good kid obviously yeah, yeah. and historical yeah. Vlad the second Dracul had four children therefore there could be more of them out there or something and Kincaid is clearly an alias to be able to get by in modern day life. And so that clearly this is correct. I mean, I actually even don't give a shit if this happens to be the case. It's just, all right. So prove it. Right. Well, prove it. Yeah. Like, then, and why is Kincaid like, that's, that's a sort of alias that a black court vampire would come up with. Right. I need a name to get under the radar. Right. Couldn't be John Smith or whatever. It's going to be Kincaid. And they'll call me the Hellhound because I'm really flying under the radar. So, 
Well, that one at least I think is um, was before he became Kincaid. Hellhound was his going back to his time with Dracul. Right. That's just what his title was. Cody, I'm going to say it here in front of everybody. I missed you. So <laughs> please keep that stupid ass shit going. <laughs> okay. And to go the other directions uh, on Kincaid's heritage, he's a Nephilim, a son of mortal and a fallen right, angel. Right. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. okay. Everyone, everyone's a Nephilim. Harry's a Nephilim. Everybody's a fucking Nephilim. I mean, if he's the son of Dracul, it's closer that he's a Cambrian, right? So just. Yes. But that would require terms being used. <laughs> <laughs> oh come alternatively, on the alternative is so bad alternatively Leah is his mother he is yeah. implied to be half something and that nickname would imply it's half dog so clearly his mother is <laughs> wait who else has a thing about dogs Leah's got a thing about hellhounds right? so crazy. therefore Kincaid is like you know could you imagine like if Leah had a litter of puppies and then she's like you well, know, come here my little hellhounds but they're like little Cherry you know what children. would be nice is if we just had one scene where, I don't know, a wizard who has the ability to look at some creature in their true form had ever once looked at Kincaid and it wasn't a dog-like figure at all. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? If only it was, you know, a demonic figure. Well, that's like your opinion, man. So. I, yeah, it's subjective, <laughs> but, you know, who knows what it is. Yeah. I mean, like it, taking that scene, right? There, there's still a half a dozen like random conspiracy theories and thoughts there too, right? I mean, the two that make the most sense to me is that you know I personally think he got a glimpse of Kincaid, but I can't disprove enough or really just even want to throw out the fact that it might have just been Mavra that he saw behind him, right? So that's that's kind of a fun thought too. But you know, none of those involve him being a hellhound and therefore being Leah's kid because she's got a monopoly on hellhounds. So like she's the queen of hellhounds now. Okay, here's another one about Kincaid's parentage. He is the son of Nicodemus. Mm. Because they have a personal history and Kincaid hates Nicodemus with a furious passion. He hates him because of small favor. I don't Remember well, I also didn't have a problem with him yeah. before. He didn't really care until Nicodemus said that line that sounded like he was listening in to what Ivy was saying, and that rattled Kincaid, and he was pissed mm. about it. Mm. Up until that point, he didn't really—he was just being his normal "fuck you, fuck you," stand in your corners and stop doing things. Fuck you, I mean, fuck you, fuck you. This guy's he, cool. I'm killing everybody else. You get the comments. I forget who it is. I don't remember if it's Nam Shill or Tessa that he's hunted them before. But I mean, he's fucking hunted everything before. So I don't know. I don't think that was necessarily a personal vendetta. But the next bullet point is Lashiel is his mother or Nicodemus has fallen and bothered Kincaid with a mortal woman. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Naturally. Did sure. that and didn't give him a coin like he did with his fucking daughter. Well, that's yeah. because Kincaid was a rebellious little teen, which meant he had to be good, or at least an antihero instead of taking <laughs> And in order coin. to be good, <laughs> it went to the guy who's literally like black-eyed, sourcing <laughs> sourcing <laughs> apoco- mini-apocalypses for XP. <laughs> like, hey, let's go work for him for a thousand years. That's a good guy. Right. Sorry. I just got to take a moment. So, Cody, if you're not going to be serious... I don't even want to have you bring this shit into the chat, right? <laughs> Kincaid doesn't have a metal arm. 
or robot eye. So he's not Butters from the future. All right. So if we're gonna <laughs> if we're gonna cable when, this up, then whenever for the for the listeners at home who's not watching on YouTube, the mysterious Cody is uh, watch a viewer in chat. Just so that's he's one clear. of our patrons. He's he's yeah. more than just a viewer, man. He's paid to be here and get this level of shit. No, no, he pays to be here. Patron, yes. Yeah. He has yeah. paid. He is not paid. Yeah. You too can get berated by Justin there's if a, you pay him. Yeah. Apostrophe, so. I mean, I'll, I'll make fun of you anyway. I make fun of people for free. I mean, I, I rip on myself all day long. But uh, Yeah, but so you get Justin, personalized ones if you pay for things. Yeah. You got to know your value, Justin. Can we, we put only that in the tier? I didn't realize that was a thing. Can I get paid for doing this? Yeah, no. If, if you're generic, <laughs> if you, you get generic insults with just the text you put, but not your name if you're not paying. But if you are paying, you get called out by name. If you just put random things in the chat, I'll give you sick burns. Like, I'm sorry, who are you? And uh, if you pay, if you pay us like at least two dollars a month, then uh, we'll be like, oh, Cody, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> I love you. I hope you're watching because I just made a heart with my hands. So that was free, though. Okay. Kincaid is the scion of the Earl King. Yes. Yes. Why does the, his Herod his the visage we see? It's not fae-like in nature. It's no, the people don't read the books for this kind of information. They read it for their own headcanon. Yeah. He's obviously a Warcraft orc, guys. Come on. That's what you saw when Harry did the thing. He's got the horns and the tusks. And the no, he's actually... Uh, what the fuck is the guy's name at the end of Fantasia? The big-ass demon with wings? That's what he is. It kind of looks like that, like I mean, so smaller, right? but that's kind of what's described, right? I just don't remember the name. I'm just saying that's who that's who he is in the character. That's that's it. That's who he is. We've solved it. He's oh, that's literally who he so is. There's, a, a Disney there's somewhere in the Never Never. <laughs> awesome. There's a Fantasia like realm, and that's the guy. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, no that that's not even like a wild guess, right? Everything is in the Never Never somewhere, right? So, like Pretty as far much. as like mystical whatever, but. Okay, leaving Kincaid. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> Hendrix has Viking heritage. Oh, stop! Go away. He's dead. Leave me. Leave it alone. <laughs> it's just like because he's a big guy, therefore he's. A I mean, he does now <laughs> because yeah. he's a fucking Einherjar. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and that—that's the last bullet point, and then you know a sub point of the latter is confirmed by Battleground. It's like with that in mind, it's possible that when he dies, he'll become but, an Einherjar. And anyone so. who's pro a proven warrior. At least around, I don't know how much they don't have as much power as they used to, right? But like Murphy no. proves himself to be yeah, a warrior, including and Irish that's because she's blonde and four feet tall. That's what all the Vikings were, so mm. yeah. So Murphy obviously had Viking blood as well. She was literally a shield maiden. Listen, she was a Viking in spirit because she was a badass warrior, and that's a proven warrior. Yeah, it's, it was, it's unmarried, not by bloodline. No, it's bloodline. He just said so in the on the TV tropes page. Weren't you listening? I'm out, guys. See ya. <laughs> you're just hoping you go. Much, that was. You're far. just hoping you go to Valhalla. Who are you kidding? Oh, I go by DNA. I don't go by I, exactly. You're not getting in on merit. You're going to have to <laughs> yeah. work on the heritage one. Unless, unless video games count, then I'm sure you've slain many. Oh yeah, many oh, video I have games a kill count, count. Even I'm going to fucking get in, and I haven't played a video game in like 15 years. Yes, but you crushed that candy, eg. Such a valiant effort. So, nah, man, Goldeneye. Nice. <laughs> Slappers only. Hand-to-hand -hand combat like a real warrior. <laughs> right. Okay. Slap that man to death. Uh, All right. On to Rudolph. 
Here's no, please no. <laughs> Rudolph's motivations are more complex than we realize yes, because because in Grave Peril, oh, he was threatening oh, to hurt Harry if something bad happened to Murphy. And then he... So, bad, bad, bad. So, so he's just misunderstood? I guess so. That Rudolph is a kind of inconsistent asshole character that I'm not really sure where Jim is going with, but I'm hoping there will be something at the end of the line. Yeah, he's been way too persistent to to be like a throwaway character, right? And especially now that he's obviously like hurt somebody directly integral to the plot and everything like that, you know? So like you could be building up one hell of a redemption story, right? Like up through changes, mm-hmm. like you can see him being a pain in the ass and a man, a minor antagonist and whatever. And then in changes, you're like, who's pulling his strings. Right. But even still compared to what's going on, it's all insignificant, but now he's fucking like, he's, he's drawn blood, right? He like, he's actually hurt the heroes, so now it's like, all right, now we got to actually pay attention and see what's going on here. Like, even if it's like Harry goes and maybe that's maybe that's a plot point in 12 months, you know, like there's a crazy ass guess for you that he spends some time trying to figure out what's going on and who's pulling his strings or something. But I don't know. Well, there's really- I actually kind of like that idea that I just brought up with that Jim's kind of been building up like him as like a super ass, like and he's kind of going to do a redemption arc for him. And we try and turn the super unlikable guy likable. And he like killing Murphy's kind of one flipped him. And like, I actually kind of like that. If he does that, it's a little, it's a little cliche, but I like it. So the, the obvious thing then at that point is after his redemption arc, he's going to carry Amarakius. So that's the obvious. Maybe no, his, his is the, the kind of redemption arc where he gets killed at the end of it. <laughs> more, li- more likely more likely because there's really only two ways as far as i can tell that this is going to go it's either going to go the redemption arc or it's going to go the he's like a uh, catalyst closure arc for harry harry's gonna pursue him and then you know realize it's not worth it type deal you know the the unsatisfying revenge story where they learn that revenge is not the way to go Yes, how terrible that they learned their lesson instead of just murdered the guy and pulled his entrails through his nose. Like, Listen, how unsatisfying. I have no problem with Rudolph staying alive because I don't care about what he did, but most people are not going to find that satisfying if that's the route it goes because of yep. what he did. Murder's as not the answer. As for motivation, Murder's always the answer. Someone offers, Rudolph had a crush on Murphy and got turned down. That's I mean, why he was so protective in the beginning, and then he was burned, and it's, it's like, well, we'll fuck you and everyone you like. So. <laughs> you like and you, you never did anything to anybody, but you didn't say God bless you when I sneezed. So. I'm not sure why it's relevant. We know Rudolf, Rudolf ended up in SI to begin with for sleeping with the wrong congressman's daughter. Why is that relevant? Okay, we know he's heterosexual. Is that that is, is that important. irrelevance? Well, because he's likely to think that he can have sex with people he shouldn't. I no, guess. he's at least bisexual. Don't try and uh, yeah, you know, or bisexual. But I don't know. I mean, that's, bi erasure, uh, Andreas. Don't do it. It's just that seems like a weak, weak argument to go with for starters. He had sex with a woman. Uh, was, we don't even know that he actually had the sex. He slept slept with could just be sleeping. Maybe they just took a nap. And it was a misunderstanding. <laughs> just took a nap and there was a misunderstanding. No, sir, you see, I was just tired. <laughs> they just know each other, you know. No. Platonically. Yeah. Platonic like, napping together. No, he was actually he was on the staff of the other candidates uh, you know, political team. And so that's why he got <laughs> he was a staffer for like the Democrat, and the guy's girl he was with was Republican. That's the problem. 
It all comes down to politics. Everything is political, including Kincaid's parentage. Mm. Oh, definitely. <laughs> well, clearly, as the son of Dracul, he's a Republican because red, right? Like it's it's just they're playing on the same team. Like you know, demons are always red. Republicans. Are I don't red. know. I get I get a distinct libertarian vibe from Dracul. I think he just kind of do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> Kincaid's obviously liberal. He'll shoot everybody. Like, right. You know, it's very, they're both very libertarian. They just, they're opportunists. They do what they want when they want. Yeah. Money is king. Ivy's father has already appeared or been mentioned. I would like him to be a plain vanilla mortal, maybe even Butters, because that would amuse the hell out of me. But he could be almost anyone in the huge male cast, except Harry, because that would yeah. be just silly at this point. Yeah, yeah. That would so be Butters, silly. That would be you know. silly. I like how it's definitive, right? Ivy's father has appeared, but what I'd really like is this. So has he appeared? And you've got a theory about this that you would like to give us something to chew on, or you just want to have happened, obviously. I don't think her father matters. It didn't yeah. matter. Not even her mother really mattered, except exactly. as a plot point. Tragic backstory. So Yeah, well, you know. And she's born knowing that her mother hated her. But okay, I off you go on your arc. Mm -hmm. Can we can we make this a weird kind of like child actor thing where like daddy comes back in like another year or two and be like, it's me, your father. And I came back now that I know that you're this big arc mage thing and just, you know, whatever. So, yes, as long as that is then butters and she squishes him. That would she probably knows who he is. If she knows that her mother hated her as soon as she was born that and she can understand all of written anything down, anything ever. She knows who her father is. But it doesn't matter. Because it's not it's relevant. A, yeah. She has Kincaid and Harry. Yeah, it's Kincaid, obviously. It's not even them anymore because, you know, stupid. Because one killed the other, sort of. And one for, contracted for the other to kill him. Yeah. Because so, I was like, why would she be mad at Harry? Oh, right, you know, the murder thing. Where he hired. Right, I was really looking forward friend. to them talking and. <laughs> nah, she's mad at him. They can't but yeah. Later, like, dude, I guess. She literally has every self help and therapy book in her head. So I will. I'm going to be honest. Process that grief. And, I am going to be exceedingly upset if Jim goes the route, the same route he did with Lily and she gets like emotional and destructive about this. Because as much as I understand the concept of what Harry means to her, it, that's no. Right, she has every self-help book in her head ever, and maybe she should avail herself to some of that uh, advice. Maybe not all of it, well, that, but some of it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Demon Reach is, or used to be, an outsider. Kincaid's father. <laughs> that was Demon Reach is I mean, actually it's, just literally it's, Todd. It's, it's all it's what what confirmed what, what Demon Reach is and what his nature is and where his power come from, so. Yeah, but we could do more. <laughs> Demon Reach is a prison. He does have, he probably does have some some of his powers outside their base. There's probably outsiders locked up in, in oh, the prison. yeah, there's definitely outsiders <laughs> locked up. Yeah. Well, so the, someone... the best argument here is no reason why they both can't be true. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. Why not? Wait, is that... That's a, that's a director argument of not they're not both <laughs> in the same place, therefore true. Your crazy ass theory doesn't invalidate my crazy ass theory. So yeah, just the fact that it's a, an island that the Merlin made it in a ley because of the prison, and everything doesn't mean it can't also be an outsider 
Right. Well, yeah, Merlin captured Demon Reach as the first outsider. Then he didn't have a place to play it, like put him. So he made. So he Demon made it the automated prison. defense system of the prison. <laughs> right. Mm. And he bound him to the landers. I don't know about that one. That seems like a security risk. It's what the author would do. So. Isn't his ultimate style? trump card? Yeah, it's it's his. Style. It makes perfect sense if you don't think about it. It's all the other times, like when Harry bound all those. Or when, no, I got nothing. <laughs> you know what's horrifying me, though? Just to cut in here. We have 15 minutes. We haven't made it through the first section. So, God damn it, director. How long is this going to go on for? <laughs> Who fucking knows? Oh, we have man. content. Uh, is that what this is? <laughs> pretty much. So. Okay, this one's uh, dumb. But I'm, all of them are dumb. But this one seems so useless. Hendrix is actually deep, deep undercover for CPD's Mafia Squad. This okay. is debunked anyway. Like, who... Well, by now, but maybe yeah. when they read it, they, they were only up to like Grave Peril or something. You know, it, so. it, yeah, maybe. But there's there's some arguing about like, but he like murdered someone and I don't think they'd be authorized for that. They and... definitely wouldn't be authorized for that. So, so here's a fun fact about Chicago. Uh, nobody cares, right? Like, and I'm not saying like nobody, nobody cares, right? But I think the fact that he was CPD and killed somebody would not at all factor into it, right? It's not like the 70s or 80s where it's like, oh man, he's a bad cop now and we got to hold him at arm's length or something like that. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, politics and whatever, like Chicago literally had slash has a black site, right? Where they're disappearing people and putting them away. That's me. I'm going to get black bagged here in a second on camera. But, you know, like, I'm just saying of all the things, like, you know, that that's like an old, old trope. I mean, maybe it fits noir, right? Because that'd be something like you'd find from a, a 30s detective story. Like, oh, man, that guy's such a badass cop. He doesn't even pay his parking tickets, right? But, like, I I just don't see it. Like, I can't see why that's the justification. Mm, well, next one's debunked as well. Uh, but to, yeah. just the Hendrix thing is another example of the the, the way that they fight with each other uh, on this page. Like this is incredibly flimsy reasoning by the same logic. Kincaid is an yeah. undercover cop too, and then someone says, well, "Yeah, well, why couldn't Kincaid have been a cop at some point?" Doesn't mean Hendrix isn't. Also, this is wild mass guessing. It doesn't need substantiation. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I sure. I. Harry is secretly a unicorn, so yeah. you know that's where the story is going. Like, what what is the point of of having a wild ass guess that doesn't relate remotely to the material? Right, all you're doing is you're creating infinite more branches of the multiverse where all of these things are true, but those oh. don't make better stories. <laughs> like, you know, not to mention the the whole like you know. Well, okay, at, at least the, it's, like, by the same logic Kincaid is an undercover cop. I thought this was another one of this, like, well, everybody knows Kincaid's an undercover cop, duh. I'm like, no, but it's like ooh, the, who knows that? Well, this is unsubstantiated, and that is unsubstantiated. Therefore, they both can be true. Right. right. If you make a bad argument, That's I make how, a bad argument. We're both right. Yeah, that that is absolutely not how logic works. <laughs> But, okay. It, it does explain a lot about our political system just to, you know, get canceled <laughs> one more time. So. <laughs> right. So Harry's mechanic is a supernatural. I think this is what Andreas was talking about. I'm pretty yep. sure Jim confirmed that Mike is very vanilla Confir mortal. Confirmed in text. Yeah, he's just the books. Cat Sith calls him Mortal Smith. 
<laughs> and Cat Sith knows everybody, you know, uh, whether they're mortal or not. He has a mortal detector. So, yeah, he would know if someone's mortal or something else. Lash will take over Ivy's body after she has passed on her knowledge. I guess this is huh? before White Knight. I don't know. Because Ivy's getting older, and with Harry and Molly's role in the Never Nevers expanding, it's possible for a decent time skip to take place. We know the archive mantle passes down from mother-daughter line, and that means that the mother is left as a shell. I don't think so. Since Lash has composed herself as part of Harry's soul, she could presumably have taken over Ivy's empty shell. But Ivy's shell's not em what? Yeah, because that's what the time skip is needed for. We're just going to oh, skip forward 50 years. He just has brain death off screen but I, so that Lash but can take over her body. I you know, even if Ivy body. were to lose the archive mantle, I mean, it's an integral part of her, so I'm not sure how that will work, but there is a person that has the mantle who is separate from the mantle. Like, if the mantle were to be removed from this person, Ivy is still a person just with no knowledge anymore, I guess, but she's still there. The personality will probably still be there. Well, I mean, it, but this was a mantle that gets passed on in death, so she is going to die in order to pass this then on. An, then there's not an empty shell, then there's a dead shell. Well, it also doesn't matter, because they're fucking mortal. The archives are not immortal, so Lash is going to go into a dead body that's already been killed, either of old age or some sort of violence. It's not an empty shell or a dead shell. It's a ghost in a shell. All right. it's a, you know what? It's a taco shell. It's a hard shell taco. <laughs> That got that gets turned into a soft shell taco after you kill them. Yeah, I was gonna say I almost went there, and then I realized how creepy and weird it was gonna sound, so I just I just cut it. So anyway, restraint. My my favorite part though, like so, this is all great, right? This is great. But then the next bullet point is that it was just by skin game because Lash is definitely dead. Okay, mm -hmm. so you know because that's what happens. She's an angel, right? Who got crushed by regular rocks, but you know, in hell. So they were you know, no, 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 no. no, this is just they're talking about this a is the shadow and yeah, this is the oh, shadow. Is the yeah, shadow. Okay. But it says in skin game, Lash didn't make it to skin game, is what I'm saying. Right? No, I think yeah. they're saying that because the prevailing theory was we we see her again in skin game, quote unquote, and that was ah. the result of the parasite. Bonnie. Sorry, okay. it's really they, hard they, they for me to quibble the difference between Lash and Lashiel when they're talking about there's going to be a time skip where Ivy dies off screen and therefore Lash and wow. habits these are, are You're quibbling with people who don't know how mechanics work anyway. So <laughs> Yeah, so I, these I are, didn't get into it that deep is what I'm saying. So forgive yeah. me. But at least they didn't say Persephone. They didn't say it was fucking Beckett's daughter. I have seen that at daughter, various so. points. I don't remember where that happened, but I did see that Lash will take over Persephone's yeah, body. Of course, that's everybody um, that's a spirit is going to take over that. But that kid is going to be a fucking rave of spirits. Right. But why Why would is Lash need Ivy's body? Why couldn't, if this would work, why couldn't Lash have taken any dead body? I, it's their only last the entity I can think of. So it's, I mean, I, it's, it's, this is not, it's just, that's all that needs to be. Sorry, Andreas, go ahead. I just this is not really confirmed anywhere except like I guess like if you think logically about it, like last the entity is an imprint left on specifically Harry to get him to say yes to the coin. That's the purpose. And then she kind of evolves from there into this more independent being, but I would guess by her nature, she's locked to the person she's imprinted on. Well, yeah, until she changes, you know, energy can't be destroyed, so she sacrifices what she is and helps birth the spirit of intellect entity. that can then move, but Lash, whatever functional 
personality Lash was is gone. Her knowledge is there because she had a kid, but she is out. Well, also has like a new nature. It's good. Not everybody needs to stay alive in this series. Sometimes death can have an impact and stay that way. Yeah, it's it's realistic. It's a tragedy, right? Like this isn't, you know, this isn't like the A team where it's like, oh, Mr. T sprained his ankle and that's the most drama we're going to get out of it, right? Like how dare you? you? He really hurt his ankle that episode. <laughs> right? So so like, you know, death death is definitely going to be a part of it and like Mab even kind of tells us, I think in a way, like this can be a wild ass guess, but at least it's text that, you know, she buried a cohort of lovers, right? What Dresden is doing is necessary, especially from her perspective. And, you know, sacrifices are going to happen. They're going to be made, uh, you know, and that sort of thing. But like, I don't, I don't know why, I don't know why it's got to be this. Like, you know, the thing to keep in mind is like, even now, like Ivy is only like, she's just 18 or she's in her early, early twenties. Right. So it's just like, you know, we're only just now getting to the point where it's like, despite her immense amount of knowledge and all of these other things, like, you know, you're still toying around with the fact that like you're killing a child, you know, right. Like that sort of thing. So I think, I think her story isn't going anywhere for a little while, but she's definitely going to have to deal with, you know, the, the Kincaid and, and Harry thing. I don't think that's going to be on ice forever. Right. But it's like, when is she going to come back and deal with that? Who knows? But yeah, just this whole, like, there, there's no logic. That's why it's a wild mass guess. It doesn't need substantiation. We don't do logic on this page. <laughs> yeah, we don't do that here. <laughs> this next one could be perfectly reasonable, actually. Mm. Eh, sure. Whatever. Corpse Taker was originally one of the Cahokians because she was connected to the Cahokian artifacts on loan to the Field Museum so that she could yeah, whatever. And then when we see her true form in Ghost Story, she's described as having facial tattoos, which is not exactly a European custom. <gasps> what is that? Especially Maybe she's German. from the south side, guys. Like, did you ever think of that? So, Listen, did you ever <laughs> consider that Jim would just do it because it's in his nature? <laughs> All of his villains have facial tattoos because that's I mean, how you know that they're bad. And they're British. Are so. facial tattoos a Cahokian custom? What isn't a Cahokian? Can you tell me what aren't and, Cahokian customs? <gasps> she was Chakotay. That's what it was. She was America's ancient warriors. Is that, a, is that on the Chipotle menu? I think you're just making up words now. Well, they have a brisket now. It, it's a Star Trek Voyager reference, which I realized like one guy here was going to get at best. Like. They're they're a type of they're an Indian tribe, I guess. Yes, we know that part, but I don't know. Do they have facial tattoos? Why don't you ask one? Why are you asking the white people? See, to be honest, until just now, like finally, I have learned something by watching this because I didn't even realize she had facial tattoos. Like, they didn't? No. Like, is that for reals? Like, they didn't glow. In, yeah. So it doesn't get the text like why get like swirly some things. Well, you know Molly has tattoos, right? Yeah, that's you know if it's in a description, it's something you might notice. That's all. Well, yeah, but I mean, probably the problem with Corpse Taker is like the only time we actually see her is when she's dead. Well, yeah, I mean that's the other thing. I don't ninety-eight percent of ghost story hooded in robes. I don't picture ninety-eight percent of these people the way they're told. Like Corpse Taker to me is just a fucking skeleton walking around because of the name. (laughs) Right, that's what I think of. Well, or or the body that she inhabits. Like you know, most of the time when she was alive, she was inhabiting 
you know, Lucio's like a 20 something Alicia, right? Like, yeah, Alicia. Yeah, Lucio's current body. Or she was inhabiting Lucio, which I kind of imagine is like maybe at best five and a half feet tall, you know, the short haircut, like, uh, I don't know. There's a number of actresses. I, I think that Tyne Daly know, is always who I pictured her as. Tyne Daly? Mm -hmm. I, nothing comes to mind when I hear that. But but anyway, um, yeah. So, and then which when she's dead, she's just roped like the whole time. Like, you know, because you only see her as the Grey Wraith or whatever for like most of the book until the very, very end when she is like trying to take people over. I'm sure her hood comes off. But yeah, I just, yeah it's described, it is described in Ghost Story. Uh, what, yeah. like, just these swirly tattoos or something. Interesting. I'll have to reread that. Well, I learned something today. Thank, thank you, crazy ass TV tropes. Thank you. I looked at the Wikipedia for the Cahokians and there was a picture of a priest that had some facial tattoos or paint or something. I didn't see the word tattoo anywhere, but there you go. Whatever. Hey man, that's, that's, that's at least plausible, right? I don't know if it adds a ton. Like it's one of those things where it's like, well, that is a neat bit of trivia that mm -hmm. tell you what, that sounds like a great new convention question for Jim. Somebody should go ask him that instead of what his, you know, inspiration was or tell us about, you know, any of his fun stories, don't get me wrong, but like that is a new fun question. So if you want to jot that down and take it to Dragon Con just happened, but whatever his next appearance is, like that, that's a neat bit of trivia. Right? You know what? So, don't let your uh, dreams be dreams. Go to his house, <laughs> knock on the door, <laughs> ask him what the fuck the deal is with the Cahokians, and see if he invites you in for some buttered coffee. <laughs> and while you're there, don't ask him about why his private property has a graveyard there because that's none of your business. So, and it's probably not due to all the other fans that have tried this. Trespassers will be shot. Why are there not hanging there? Trespassers <laughs> will be shot. Survivors will be shot twice. Is the, is the better sign. Elaine is infected with Nemesis. Yeah, and Kincaid's sister. I mean, what are the odds? Wait. He's infected with Kincaid's sister. Wait, she she's infected. Oh yeah. And so the justification is because uh, Demorn and <clears throat> he who walks behind. They made up. So We're the same person. Yeah, the fact that you know he who walks beside is the one that does that, but whatever. It's you know it's a walker, so it's all interchangeable. It's fine. I mean, there there certainly are suspicious things about Elaine and her story and her movements and Aurora and all that with Nemesis, but I don't know. Oh, it, it says Joss by Peace Talks. If if we've got if we've got like the destroyer and whatever, you know, the good side of Starborn winds up being called, I, I'm a calling it now. Harry is the destroyer, right? And Elaine actually is the chosen one. She's the one that's going to come through at the end. And because like everybody's always suspicious of Elaine and she was mind controlled and she, yeah, I don't like it. Demorn, like, you know, captured she's misunderstood. Dresden, but every mm -hmm. single other time she's been on screen, she's been maybe in bad circumstances at, at worst. Right. But she's been helping people left and right. She helped the Ordo, you know, just all this other stuff. She's she's at least as good as Dresden if we don't see all of her, you know, conquests and all the fairies she's fought and killed, right? So yeah, she she's the real hero of the Dresden Files, and she's going to come and stop Harry from destroying the world. Well, I mean, she's Margaret's secret love child, so obviously. 
So they really were gross. That's gross. Uh, listen, it's from another universe. It doesn't count. It's like Loki and Sylvie. If you can deal with that, you can deal with this. Yeah, but that's just weird. Like they oh, couldn't have possibly no, they couldn't have possibly been actually related though, right? Like that's the that's the problem with that. I don't make the rules and neither do they. <laughs> they just do what they want. Right. Well, it says that this one is jossed by sweet peace talks because uh it implies that starborn are immune to nemesis. We do not well, there know is that. for certain that Elaine is a starborn. No, but it seems likely. The word of Jim, I think, likely. said she is. Well, we asked well, him. Yeah, especially she's I a mean, candidate to be. Yeah, but mm -hmm. so we didn't. We don't have like literally somebody point to her blood test and be like, "Yep, you're a starborn, Harry." But you know, like kind of the rules that we get established in the fact that like weren't they talking about thousands and thousands of people are starborn, right? Dracul's a starborn. Forty Listen's or fifty thousand starborn. Yeah, like so. I I think that's gonna. I think that's going to confirm it within a margin of error that until Jim comes out and, and specifically says, right, you know, like, I'll I'll allow it, right? I don't think that's unplausible by any stretch. No, the point. biggest problem is that they're only a couple months apart in age, but the, the way Ebenezer describes it is the spotlight plays over the earth for a few hours. So oh, okay. one of two things has to be the case. Well, not, maybe not just only two things, but this is what comes to mind immediately is you use the never never to sort of like go back to when that was and you put the kid there like Harry or you go back to have the kid there and you know, whatever it is. Or you kind of make your own mini spotlight, you know, like if you're trying to intentionally create a starborn, but maybe you missed the window or maybe you see what the window has opened and you're like, oh, I can replicate that for a minute. Let me shine this spotlight on my unborn kid. So that would be the only I don't think Elaine's whatever happened with Elaine did it because Harry's the protagonist chosen one here and his mother's the one that wanted to do this and was and was sort of working towards this goal theoretically so if it is that the natural one occurred and she's like ah we need another one and that's what they were setting up so I think you could be a writer for TV tropes, but uh, outside of that, like it does bring up, it does bring up some interesting thoughts that I was having. Like I'm trying to think if there's other situations where like the chosen one was manufactured in that way. Right. Like you get your super soldiers and stuff like that, but they kind of like grow into it. Right. Like, you know, uh, the, the few that I can think of, like Steve Rogers is obviously like the, the main candidate, right? Captain America. But in a way, like what made him special was internal. And then they gave him the super soldier syndrome or serum, sorry, afterwards. Right. But the idea that Harry's the chosen one, quote unquote, but like he missed the window and then Margaret had to like pull all this magic together to make him a starborn somehow like that would be that would be kind of unique and interesting in a way but i don't think that's what happened but no probably I'm not, not just gonna like no it it's just it's, entirely, you, you know? it's only to you have to either reconcile that the fact that either ebenezer's wrong and it's not only a few hours because if they're months apart and elaine turns out to be a starborn something fucky had to happen or she's actually a lot older than she looks you know type deal in which case, she probably is a secret bad guy because she's... <laughs> right. Or Harry was, since he's the protagonist in this case, and it makes the most sense for it to be him, he was the one that was sort of manufactured to do this. 
Well, yeah, I mean, because there's there's just nothing to latch onto that theory for Elaine, right? Because we she's right. got like no support system whatsoever. At least Harry, we know like his mom was special and dad was whatever, and and they Elaine, were working towards like, creating a Starborn. Whether or not that was we need to be in the right place at the right time, or we're going to do this ourselves, right? Interesting. But maybe I'm not going to write a TV tropes page about it. Maybe she lied about her age, right? That's a thing girls do, right? So she's she's got a fake ID and she was really 18. I mean, but that's that. Um, <laughs> yes, but then that's Jim lying about her age because he's the one that's word of Jim that at least twice. Well, it's a few months apart. Too, so I mean, what isn't? Things. What wouldn't? <laughs> I mean, she is yeah. the older one because, you know, there's only two more months after Harry's born for her. I don't think she was a <laughs> December baby. Right. I think I think he might have actually said the summer, but I don't remember if that if I'm just. Um, Wouldn't it be fitting though? So since she had ties with the summer, right? Party. That's why I'm not, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm Mandela affecting that or not. Nice, sick reference, bro. All my references. The Merlin is infected with Nemesis. Yeah, the Merlin is infected with an overabundance of he's actually going to turn out to be competent despite all evidence to the contrary. Mm. Right. I, I agree with that take. Uh, the dis justification here seems to be because the gatekeeper was on the opposite side of him and proven guilty about Molly's trial being a warlock. And, and yeah, because the gatekeeper the we like and we trust. Therefore, if the Merlin is being an asshole, he must be infected. Just mean morals and differences of opinions. Yeah, it can't be that. It can't be nuanced. It can't be that they're just very different people. Which is why you have a council, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. It, it would no. Yeah, I think he is going to be very annoyingly competent. Uh, just kind of like the same way of as we see in Turncoat. Of he's very savvy, but we don't like him, even if we're on the same side. But. No, see, the only problem I have, well, not the only problem. The main problem I have with the Merlin's competence is it's all secondhand, like, no, just trust me, he is. You know, and people always cite, well, he's got, oh, he's always got the three plans, right? And it's like, the first time we see that, fucking Harry is able to counteract that. So, I mean, like, how impressive is that really? Okay, he's got three plans, but the schmuck he wants to kill gets, <laughs> sees through it. And when it comes able to, to the plans and the intrigue, Harry really is a schmuck, isn't he? But it's like, you know, so the only other thing they really have to go on is the root to branch thing, and then that's what happens to be the case. <laughs> but it's like, oh, he's on the Great Council, and he's secretly a good guy, and it's like, I'm sorry, I don't think he's that good an actor. I really don't. I think he actually believes this. The fact that he might be willing to point Harry in the right direction, I could I could sort of see that, sure. But that, to me, does not... That's not a mastermind to say, oh, there's a loose cannon, let me point him at my enemies. Mm -hmm. You know, that doesn't really strike me as tactical genius. It's just like, well, <laughs> I don't want him pointed at me, so obviously I'm going to point him over there. I mean, that's the first point is sword fighting. You know, pointy end goes on the other guy, right? Other and than two birds with one stone. If I fucking kill the crazy wizard, great. <laughs> if he kills all the wild card vampires, even better. And technically, both things happened. He died, they died. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, win-win. <laughs> and, and then he came back and he's like, mother... 
<laughs> right, but that's as far as the plan goes. It's like, okay, I got lucky. Cool. Right. On the subject of the rent, the rent is a Goodman Gray paying off a previous debt incurred to Harry's mom. Nope. Nope. We knew, <laughs> no we knew that before we got the confirmation that that's not what that was, and we know it now. Yeah. I don't even remember what it actually is. I think we know it's it. it's because he for his free will. It's so because he's a negloshi and he wants to be able to act, so he pays rent, quote unquote, to keep his free will. Uh, At least that's what it's trending towards. Again, it's not the kind of thing that's been ironclad said. Yeah. But it, somebody says, I personally thought that rent was short for parent. Gray needs to pay his progenitor something for some reason, but it cares more about how he gets the money rather than what or how much. I mean, I don't that that doesn't linguistically make sense to me. <laughs> he cares about so he cares about how he gets the money, but not how much. What how does what is that? <laughs> I care that well, I got a quarter, just not how much the quarter is actually worth. <laughs> no. Yeah, but it, I mean that's kind of the implication, though, right? Why? Why else would he work for a dollar? So if it's a dollar, it's a quarter. It's, it's a the action that matters. Like that part. Well, is right. True. But that yes, that the spirit I get, but it's like that. It's just odd. But there is more reasoning here, but it doesn't make any sense, really. But given that they revel at causing misery and suffering, it seems like having a hand in Nicodemus's agonizing fate would be enough to satisfy the pain-loving Negloshi parent. <laughs> but, that's not but that's not what the rent is, so who cares? Right. Yeah. Right. The rent is for good deeds. I mean, Nicodemus suffering for some people, you know, with questionable ethics well, and morality. That's probably that's cherry on top. Yeah, that yeah. Like, it does appeal to your sense of, of revenge, for sure, but that's not necessarily, like, so, so like, the angels, for example, they don't run around torturing people, not usually. So, like, for example, good guys don't do those well, things. Well, the other thing so, is, I mean, Gray is not a, he does good things, but his reputation is enough that fucking Michael is ready to shank him. I mean, he does bad things, and had Nicodemus been first on the draw, he would have been the bad guy. Right. So the, imbi the implication <laughs> is that he does whoever hires him, he'll do whatever they want, whatever they ask, he is and it's neutral. On, which will then grant him the the ability to act on his own. Yeah, he. You're right. You're right. He is lawful neutral because of the contract part, right? Because I was going to say he was true neutral at first, but your yours is more accurate. But I think I think what it comes down to is what you have to what you have to do to secure his payment, right? I think Nicodemus would have been paying him in like actual dollar bucks or you know you know something of value, right? Whereas because he was doing a good thing for Dresden, it fulfilled another need that Goodman had, so he did he charged him an entire dollar. You know, because the good deed was the payment, right? The fact that he was fighting for the good guys gave him some medical, metaphysical fuel source or something, right? It's been some of the speculation that, you know, his his free will and whatever is kind of perpetrated by that. But but you're right, right? And that's that's the whole thing with like Monsters Incorporated or whatever, you know, the spinoff is going to be is that he so he is a bad person and he likes to do bad things. But sometimes he likes to do those bad things to other bad people, <laughs> you know. So it's it's kind of like a Dexter thing, thing, right? Where it's in, like within the constraints of his contract. Well, that could be the other thing. If the contract itself, let's say for argument's sake, is the rent, you fulfill the contract, 
So good deed or bad deed, if his rent is, I, you fulfill this contract with people, you know, Dresden can't afford him, obviously. So a dollar will cover it because we're doing the more of the spirit thing. But someone like Nicodemus, who could afford to pay him $68 million based on what they take. It's if it's living up to the contract. If that's what it is that allows him to be both. I mean, if it's only good deeds that sort of pay the rent, then I feel like that sort of undercuts the idea of what he is just a little bit. Not because he doesn't do them, but because he is clearly a bad person based on not just reputation. Well, my so my challenge with following you down that way is that like if if all it takes for him to fulfill his rent is a contract, then what what separates him out from just like a thug, right? Why why wouldn't like look like Butters or some bum off the street go and be like, I would like to contract you for vacuum cleaning my house because the contract is what's important, right? Like that's there's no there's no barrier to entry there. There's nothing to set him apart as a total badass, like you know, um, shapeshifter and whatever. Um, you know that that his reputation kind of belies, right? So yeah, it, I mean. What I'm saying doesn't have any basis, in fact, either. But but there's got to be a barrier of entry, right? And so that's that's yeah. where I'm like, you know, the rent isn't going to simply be a contract, but what he's doing and how he's doing it might help justify, you know, getting paid in in dollary dues or you know being able. to Yeah, I guess the way I would describe it then is the contract is the framework, not but not the like, um, not that there's no limitations. Right. You know, doing it within the framework of this because that's what makes the most sense to him or is most applicable. But you still have to, like, you know, if it's your contract, but you got to be involved in the game, quote unquote. Right. Well, and and I kind of like the idea that the contract is that kind of important where it's like, you know, like with Faye, like the contract is everything, right? You know, like that sort of thing. But for them, it's a balance, like it's a give and take and it's a verbal contract. I kind of do like the idea that, you know, in order for him to actually act, you know, outside of just like your daily, everyday kind of stuff, he does need to be operating inside of a contract, right? And that, that more or less gives him power as well. I kind of like that idea. I'm just saying like, it there's probably more to it right there's something still some other piece like i don't feel like that's a full answer no, but i think so it's a it would have to have minimum requirements i mean the three times we've seen it it's something supernatural related so that seems like an obvious minimum requirement right whatever those kids were in his short story mm-hmm. whatever you know the stuff in skin game and then this because of well actually i don't know because he doesn't he didn't know that justine was I mean, she's tangentially supernatural because she's surrounded by these things, but it's not like, you know, he took that job not knowing and still not knowing that she was infected. So I don't, you know, I don't know. We'll yeah, see. Maybe it's enough that he's getting contacted by Dresden or somebody from the spooky side, right? You know, that. Or it is just, you know, the good deed thing. I mean, you know, his contract that maybe is just his thing. And the good deeds one is the one that lets him do what he's doing. Right. I got to imagine it's going to have to be touched in on his side, you know, like his spinoff series, if Jim actually gets that going. So, but. I mean, he's an interesting character. After after he finishes this one, I don't want any more side books. No, for sure. Yeah. But hey, if he can put out two major books in like the next four months, like supposedly yeah. he is, then I'm down for it, man. I I'll take ten books of his a year if he can actually manage it. That's the 
<laughs> That's the thing. So yeah. maybe he's gotten yeah. his hands some of that Sanderson juice. Listen, <laughs> right. I, I, like, this is the kind of thing I, I can see him doing. <laughs> I can see him doing this once, maybe twice, but this is not going to be a consistent thing if it actually happens. Right. He used to be pretty consistent with what was it, two books a year. Yeah. Which I mean, if if that's his pace, that's his pace, right? It's just the the one every like three to five years that's brutal. So one a year is good. Not like was really good when he did them. One a year is fine because I don't read the other series, so you shouldn't read Codex Alaris because it's supposed to be so awesome. <laughs> I should do lots of as the other guy who should read it. Send a spire story. You should actually read. That's a good one. Not going to do that either. This next uh, idea is great out in terms of the um, it's spoiled. They did the thing so you hide it. You have to click on it. But the justification is one bullet point. We all know that Jim Butcher is a big fan of the law of conservation of detail, so it seems likely. So, what do you think this spoiler is going to be? Well, I've read it, so I can't guess. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah it's it's probably important to know in context that this isn't just some random ass thing. It's still related to what we've been talking about. So that does narrow the field quite a bit. <laughs> so EG's the only one who can guess. <laughs> oh. Because <laughs> we were talking about Greg? Yes. Oh, then he's going to be somebody's kid. <laughs> of course, yeah, that's uh, yep. <laughs> he's shagged because we've only detail. seen one Nagloshi, so he's yeah. got to be related. No, he's going to be Shag Nasty's kid. That'll be it. Yeah, exactly. That's... That is the entire idea. Like the the that one is totally. I mean, but that was like one. everybody's knee jerk reaction. So that's you know the only other Nagloshi we've seen and get sort of named. It's like okay, fine. And I didn't, you know, my father's a piece of work too. So okay, fine. Yeah, in, but he could have been the one that, that Mac, either. Mac is Uriel's kid, so you know because the, we've only seen two it's angels. No, oh, Mac three, is Uriel. So. Do you read correctly? Oh, he's Uriel's he's boss. <laughs> he oh, is wait, the Trinity, the white god. He's yeah. Uriel. He's Uriel's boss, and he's <laughs> Uriel's the Merlin. Son. He's the Trinity. The son, the boss, and the spirit. He gave birth to himself while giving birth to Harry. <laughs> what time travel paradox is that again? And whichever I feel like it is. Okay. It's all of them at once. He's not bound to your tropes and paradoxes. <laughs> it doesn't. Need it's so dis- it's so disturbing to hear EG talk like Alex. <laughs> I, that's like a we've run over. I am whoever I need to be to get through this. There's Speaking only one of, more. We got one more. <laughs> yeah, it is. Pharavex is the dragon from Beowulf. Yeah, but it's like all right. So that's <laughs> literally based on what we just got. Yeah. Right. So yeah, fine. Like a, okay. Maybe. <laughs> sure. He's also okay. probably the world serpent. He's also probably. Yeah. I like I like that idea better. It's like, no, dude, we fucking killed that dragon. Who cares about that guy? He was a little D dragon. <laughs> this guy is going to devour the world if you stop watching him. I only yeah. got one eye. And guess ma- where I'm looking? <laughs> that actually makes that makes a lot more sense in context of the story and the stare off and everything. I like that a lot more. <laughs> Yeah, well, that in he's Pharaohax, right? Like, you know, that's his whole thing. He's the Earth. Type, oh, listen, he so. gets he gets introduced and says, "My form would crack, you know, the Earth you're standing mm. on." So it's like, mm. all right, I'll take your word for it. Must that must be it? So yep. All right. Well, that was uh, one folder on the Dress and Files characters <laughs> wild mask guessing TV tropes page. We're that gonna was... do this forever. 
<laughs> that was mortals and misks, so the rest are probably going to yeah. be longer. <laughs> We've got six more to go, guys. How exciting is that? And that's, that's just in the characters the page. Holy fuck. Oh There's my so God. many bad takes. This is actually either. going to be worse than than um, alignments <laughs> <laughs> because this is never ending. This is lovely. And still, you brought an alignment into this episode. Content. Woo! Very very short, you know, accurate description. Though, so. All right, listen, hey, uh, uh, people out there still watching us, you're gonna get to see us shit on people for the next three months. Yeah. So if if you don't like what we're doing, I mean, first of all, you should give us feedback so we've got something to line the bin. However, fifty dollars <laughs> and make a suggestion for a topic, and we'll take <laughs> into consideration. Where's um, where's that <laughs> gif of the suggestion box going right into the shredder? Yeah, right. Yeah, yep. Yeah, it's right under my fax machine. So if you fax me your complaints, so. <laughs> All complaints will actually go to um, Andreas because he wakes up first in the world. So send them all to him. I mean, my sleep schedule is kind of scuffed. So, but yeah, I guess I do. His Reddit is Syntax Murph on the Dresden Files. um, Your sleep schedule is scuffed. Is that kind of like some of these theories are Jost? Are we speaking the same language still? Or you don't know scuffed? That's an expression. No, we don't live in communist Russia. I don't speak Dutch. How many times have we had this conversation? <laughs> Come on. Um, We're picking on you, dude. You're you're feeding right into it. So, yeah. And, and then uh, we said, what, Justin's dying on a hill that Fifth Element is a perfect movie next time? Yeah, I'll, I'll throw <laughs> myself on that pyre. Easy, man. Because we don't remember who actually suggested it, and then we just chose it. It's like, uh, so someone's going to take the blame. You know why we don't remember? Because everybody agrees that it's a perfect <laughs> movie. So none of you guys can think of like, no, I don't like Fifth Element. So that's why. I it's think it's a very be. good movie. Whether or not it's perfect, we'll see when I rewatch. I guess. Yeah, I kind of stand on that. It's like maybe. See, I've only something. ever seen it once or twice, and I never understood the big deal. But <laughs> my suggestion yesterday, though, that's a banger. Eh. That's a good movie. I came away from that movie decidedly meh. Decidedly wrong. <laughs> I don't even remember. Do, do, do. Well, oh, yeah, should we wrap up? Yeah. Do we have any outro stuff we want to say? Well, I don't know. Do we? Join us next week when we talk about Fifth Element. And join us in two weeks for more TV tropes. I've been your host, Skeletor. Bye. <laughs>